I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. A lot of eyes of late have been on Taiwan, on China. The U.S. has agreed to start talks on a new economic agreement with Taiwan, but in light of China's threats and increased military drills and activity around Taiwan, plus the Senate's massive climate and health care spending bill, is it in the United States' interest to deepen trade relations with the island nation of Taiwan? Uh, what could that do for Utah companies? That's a really interesting thing for us to dig into. How can we help businesses here at home get into those markets overseas? And to help us break all of that down, Aaron Starks, Vice President of World Trade Center Utah, is on the line with us today. Aaron, thanks for jumping on. Hey, always a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, let's start with the kind of the broad brush in terms of Taiwan. Obviously, a, a lot of eyes, a lot of focus on that in recent days and weeks. Uh, what is the, the status there? What should we be watching for, especially as this announcement came out that the United States and Taiwan are launching some negotiations into a, uh, a new kind of trade and investment pact? Well, it's really an interesting time, Boyd. Um, and, and actually, if you take and isolate Taiwan, the whole neighborhood there in the Indo-Pacific is interesting. Just just read this morning that um, North Korea and South Korea are at odds right now. South Korea is is, uh, is is offered graciously to provide infrastructural support and funding to uh, to spur the economy in North uh, Korea in exchange for the denuclearization of South Korea, or excuse me, of North Korea. But uh, they're not getting that. Then you jump over to China, Taiwan, and then now the U.S. has become. Uh, a, a name in this uh, geopolitical conflict, if you'll, if you, if you will, um, we have from from a Utah perspective, Taiwan historically has been a great market for our companies. It's very vibrant, robust consumer market. Um, obviously, it, it pales in comparison in terms of volume uh, when we when we think of China, but it's safe. It's from a regulatory compliance standpoint, our companies, uh, there's a lot of ease in doing business there. Certainly protecting our intellectual property is much easier in Taiwan. Um, but you can't ignore either market as an opportunity. Uh, I mean, the sheer volume of China, you know, with over a billion citizens and them lifting hundreds of millions of residents out of poverty. I mean, that, that's catching the attention. So as I look at this, from the Utah perspective, I think it's going to impact our cross-border e-commerce companies more than anything. Mm. And, Boyd, on that note, one interesting statistic 
we think of Amazon, Amazon being a huge company here um, in the United States, about $600 billion is transacted on Amazon's platform annually. But if you look at Alibaba in China, $1.2 trillion is transacted, and that's just in China. That tells you alone how big the opportunities are for Utah companies. So you can't ignore either market. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you raised it that way because I think it is so important. This isn't uh, one of those fake fights and false choices of either or. Uh, we have to be able to, to navigate that through. Uh, on the on the Taiwan front, uh, I wanted to ask you specifically uh, before we get to some Utah ties, uh, looking at things like uh, chip production, obviously, uh, is an important one. You mentioned the fact that it's easier to maintain that intellectual property. We also know there's some uh, things working their way through Congress in terms of uh, batteries. Rather than having those batteries uh, made right there in China, uh, that Taiwan might be a, a player in that space as well. Absolutely. Look, I, I think we all agree that the past three years has taught us that we should shorten our supply chains to the extent possible. Unfortunately, we see companies manufacturing their products, um, well, I should say manufacturing the bulk of their products in China still. And I think we need to spread risk, we need to diversify, we need to find other suppliers, and certainly Taiwan is a great alternative to China. And so is Vietnam, and the cost of labor still makes sense for, for Utah companies to explore that as a market. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of stimulus put into the, the economy locally to spur innovation for chip manufacturing. I think that's a great move by the Biden administration. We've got to be able to do that to a greater extent than we have. But free trade promotes economic prosperity and peace. So we can't do that um, at the risk of jeopardizing these, uh, these geopolitical relationships we've taken so long to form. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's jump now to some some of the local components there. And uh, we, we have been talking a lot about the fact that Utah really is a position to be this crossroads to the world. And I know one of the things that you're doing there at World Trade Center Utah is helping kind of mark that path and help people either get back into some of those international markets, maybe some of those uh, that got uh, disrupted during the course of the pandemic and beyond, uh, or to get in there in the first place. Uh, what is it that we have going on here in the state? What are the resources we ought to be tapping into to to really make that crossroads to the world thing a reality? Well, I, I tell you what, it, it is a lot of fun here at World Trade Center Utah. We're helping more companies at faster rates and with higher quality than we ever have. It's because the economy is so dynamic here um, and scrappy and entrepreneurial and young and so we, we work with companies all the time who are exploring international markets, but don't just have the, they don't necessarily have the capabilities or the experience to do that well. Um, for example, when you're looking at China, um, you know, we need to be thinking about ITAR compliance. How am I going to get my product into China? What tariffs exist? Um, if it is cross-border e-commerce, then how am I optimizing, uh, localizing, or translating a website in that, uh, in that region? How am I betting potential buyers, partners, investors, and do I have contracts in place to protect my, uh, my efforts? Um, so there's a lot of complexity and ambiguity. And look, I, I, I did this for 10 years with my former company, made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, and Utah companies don't have to. That's the good news. They can come to us. We'll provide uh, you know, the consultative support that they need to be successful and grow their company. And, uh, and along the way, like I said, a lot of fun, and uh, we can see a lot of success together. 
Yeah, I, I do think there are so many lessons to be learned, and, and sadly, there's a there's a, a long trail of, of tears that go with a lot of those companies who who did try to reinvent the wheel or just do it on their own. Uh, and so, recognizing that you have a, a support team and and resources around you to help navigate some of those tricky international waters, uh, I think is a, is a real vital part of it. Uh, what else should we be watching as we move into the fall, uh, especially as it relates to international economy? Uh, or opportunities for Utah businesses to continue to expand internationally? You know, very interested in in, in, in two markets right now, Boyd. Um, really interesting to see what's happening in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they have a, a Vision 2030 plan that they've released. They're divesting out of oil production, investing in more agricultural technology, educational technology, financial technology. Um, they certainly have the capital to deploy um, so for a for manufacturing opportunities, for distribution opportunities, I think that's a really interesting look. So I want to keep my eye on, on Saudi Arabia, but I also love that Mexico, being one of our largest trading partners, has such a vested interest in Utah. Um, you know, we work with the U.K., we work with Canada, we work with Mexico. We've got free trade agreements with all three of these nations. Um, commerce is easy. It's actually shorter it's a shorter flight from here to Mexico City than it is from here to Washington, D.C., and I, I think that residents fail to realize that at times. They're hungry for our business. Um, I really like what, what's happening in Mexico, so be interesting to see how things materialize there from a business perspective. Yeah, great insight, uh, great stuff as always. Aaron Starks, the Vice President of World Trade Center, Utah, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. We've been talking a little bit about government bureaucracy, red tape. Is there a space where maybe they're going to cut a little red tape, reduce some regulations? We'll talk about it coming up next. Stick around. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.